Hi guys, welcome to the We Know Fantasy Contributors Podcast. This is Steve Pintado, hosting for the day, and I want to introduce Cody, another one of our contributors of the podcast. What's going on, Cody? Not too much. Uh, just watching a little bit of the Patriots game here before we got started. Not a whole lot going on there. Not at all, but the Patriots defense does have 21 fantasy points for me so far, so I'm pretty happy camper over here. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, both ways for me i'm actually going against them in one league and i have them in two others so kind of getting off to a bad start and then also getting off to a good start so we'll see how it goes that's the bad part of having multiple leagues you're playing always somebody at some point so yeah tell me about it definitely so if you guys don't already know uh every thursday the contributors kind of get on the writers kind of get on we kind of do our own little podcast for the podcast um, so before we get started with that, you just want to let everyone know, please follow the actual podcast, We Know Fantasy, uh, at We Know Fantasy on Twitter. You can follow me at Coach Stephen P. Cody, yeah, and you, yeah, you can uh, you can follow me at at Master Smithers on Twitter. Yeah, definitely, and then definitely please follow. Please go visit our website at www.weknowfantasy.com. Where all of our great content is up there, the episodes, everything in, in between. We have a lot of fun time, you know, writing a lot of great things for you guys to read and review. And just so you guys know, every Monday, Nate, our big guy, uh, he does a waiver wire sec- wish list podcast where he goes over waiver wire pickups you can make for the week. And on every Wednesday's podcast, he's joined by the Fantasy Pro, and they kind of go over the week that was and the week ahead and things in between about fantasy football that you need to know and they kind of hook you guys up They're they're a really fun duo to watch uh, to listen together and they're basically to listen together so uh please uh listen to those uh two podcasts as well on mondays and wednesdays so we're gonna get right into it today for we what we have for you guys today first off we're gonna do some players we kind of are giving up on in fantasy things that we're not really like they're kind of just not looking we're not looking for them on our teams anymore and then some players we're holding on to still we saw faith in them kind of to do some things and then we're going to go over some backup running backs and kind of rank them because there's a lot of injuries going on this week and then we're going to do a little bit of a start sit and cuts as a normal routine for us so let's begin here i'll go first one player that I'm, not, I'm giving up on is Devontae Friedman, running back of the Atlanta Falcons. So far this season, he was one of my favorite players going to the draft, but you know, currently he's ranked 29th in fantasy. He's beginning a terrible start for the season. He averages 2.3 yards a carry. He's only rushed for under 200 yards this season. And the only thing that's kind of been saving him in some sense is his receiving ability. Besides that, he would have been probably a total bust. He's kind of a half a bust right now, but he probably would have been a total bust. But I don't expect his targets to stay afloat because they have so many other weapons on this offense, and they're going to be throwing the ball with their defense being so so mediocre, if best, a nice way to put it. And Ido Smith has actually been playing really well. He actually has a 5.2 yards per carry, and I really do expect him to get more involved in this offense because of Friedman's woos. And, you know, for the rest of the season so far, he has, like, the 28th worth schedule for running backs. And the way this division goes, it's a lot of passing. And I expect him to kind of, like, get phased out at times and not be able to participate because they're going to have to throw the ball so much. So uh, Devontae Freedom is someone I'm looking to kind of get rid of if I can any way possible. You know, obviously, you know, if you're going to trade him, you know, do it with some value back to yourself. But I'm looking to get rid of him. I'm, I'm giving up on him for the season. Cody, what about you? Who, who's your first guy you're giving up on this year? 
Yeah, the first guy I have here is uh, Baker Mayfield. Kind of a little bit of an obvious one here. Um, he, But he is still currently owned, uh, last I checked, in about 70% of ESPN leagues. So people haven't really cut ties with him yet, despite going for negative two fantasy points last week against the 49ers. Um, he's got no more than one touchdown pass per game. He's thrown eight interceptions and lost one fumble in five games this year. Um, he's been brutal, and he's been drafted. He was drafted earlier this year as, you know, for sure a top ten quarterback, and he he hasn't produced those numbers to this point. And a lot of it kind of has to do with the offensive line as well. I mean, the the Browns' offensive line right now is twenty sixth in pass protection and twentieth in uh, run protection. Baker's just not getting enough time back there to to find his open receivers, and it's not for a lack of talent on that team, you know. I mean, you got OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Nick Chubb couldn't catch some passes out of the backfield. It's just not looking good for those guys right now. And and like I said, the the line he's taken 16 sacks this year. It's tied for the sixth most in, sixth most in the league, and uh, he's just off to a bad start. And I, I think it's safe to cut him. For sure, right now, uh, there are definitely better options out there that you can find than Baker Mayfield. Definitely, I, I actually cut him myself in one of my leagues recently. I actually picked up Jacoby Brissett for him. I mean, I'm looking for someone who actually puts up consistent numbers, and he's just not doing that right now. And I, I in fantasy, you only have 13 games this season, and if he's not performing, you have to move on and go with another option. Unfortunately, even though he has so-called talent, it's just it's it's about winning fantasy games, and he's not helping you do that. Got to let him go. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Brissett, a great, great name, by the way, to get off the waivers. And, you know, Gardner Minshew might be out there in a couple leagues. He's another guy, too, that's having a great start to the season that you could probably grab off waivers and, and throw in for, for Baker. Definitely. Oh, and just to give you guys a quick tip, during your waivers, and Nate might have said this already, but if there are players on bye weeks and your team's in a good position, look for those players who might not show up on the top of your waiver wires for the week because those players kind of get missed every week. Like someone like Frank Gore, if you're looking for a depth running back, he could be out there for you, and you could just scoop him up this week for basically nothing because no one's looking at bi-week players because they're not kind of shown on the top of your list. So just something you guys are aware of as a nice strategy when you're doing the waiver game. But for my quarterback, oh, my quarterback, my other second player I'm kind of giving him on is a quarterback, actually, and it's actually Aaron Rodgers. Kind of a big surprise because, you know, we all know Aaron Rodgers is like the – the GOAT for getting the job done in fa- uh, football, but he's not getting the job for us done in fantasy this year. He ha- he's 19th right now as ranked quarterback. He's averaging 15 points a game. He just doesn't look like himself anymore, and it's maybe it's due to old age or the injuries are kind of stacking up on him, but he's just not doing the job. Have- having Devontae Adams there definitely hurts him a bit, and it seems like they're making a real emphasis to run the ball this year with uh, Aaron Jones and when Jamal Williams when he comes back next week. And this might be one of his worst games at full if he plays the full season. I mean, there's a real possibility he only scores under 30 touchdowns this year. I mean, in five games, he has six touchdowns. I mean, that's not really good. It's not what we want in fantasy football. We want players who score. We want players who get touchdowns. And if he's not doing that, it's something that it's being considered that you keep him on your team now. And the fact that he plays in such a tough division, the, the defense is actually – really good on the Packers right now. They keep the games kind of low scoring, 
which then doesn't mean Aaron Rodgers needs to go and do Aaron Rodgers-like things like he has in the past and score 40 points in a game. He doesn't have to do that anymore. They can run the ball and rely on the defense, and Aaron Rodgers just dinks and dunks his passes. So, you know, this might be good for the Packers as an organization as they're 5-0, and but it doesn't do good for our fantasy teams. And I'm looking to either try to trade him. I wouldn't say I would cut him yet, per se, but I'm definitely looking to get him off my team and picking up someone with more upside right now, maybe someone who has to throw the ball more because Aaron Rodgers just isn't doing it for us for the season. So, Yeah, uh, like you hit on there at the end, uh, Aaron Rodgers is getting the job done for the Packers, but he's not really getting the job done for our fantasy teams. And at this point, I think it's better to move on. Um, And Aaron Rodgers, along with Baker Mayfield, uh, they've kind of got those big names. You know, maybe you can... Uh, get something back for those guys in a trade with somebody because they've got the big name. They've been there before. They've done that and people trust them, but they, they're just not really playing that well right now. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. He said, we don't need that in our fantasy team. So Cody, what about you? Who is your second player? And you're kind of giving up on uh, my second player that I have here is Vance McDonald uh, tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's currently owned in about 63% of ESPN leagues. And listen, he he just was he's not getting the job done as we had hoped that he would coming into the season. You know, Pittsburgh tight end has always been a position, you know, back when Heath Miller played for those guys and and all that. You could put up fantasy numbers and you know, with Ben Roethlisberger coming into the season, uh pass catching tight end advanced McDonald, you're really hoping for big things, but Roethlisberger goes down with an injury. You know, now he's playing with his third string quarterback, Devlin Hodges. We just don't really have a big enough uh, sample size for Devlin Hodges to see what exactly he's going to do as quarterback of the Steelers. You know, he played a little bit there against the Ravens last week. Uh, McDonald did have at least one catch with Hodges in the game, but we just haven't seen enough to know that that Hodges is going to for sure target McDonald. Uh, a whole lot, and it also doesn't help that the Steelers went out and traded for another tight end in Nick Vanette. Um, you know, Vanette, he didn't have any catches last week, but he's going to run routes. He's going to take targets away from Vance McDonald. He's just not a guy that I really want to have on my roster right now, and I really don't think he's going to have a lot of trade value either because he hasn't really had any big games so far this year. Yeah, I'm. I, I agree on that. I don't, I'm really going to give up on him. I'm going to try to drop him and pick up someone who has somewhat of an upside and you know, who's not playing with a third-string quarterback. Right. At this point, he's going to only target the stars and Juju and maybe, you know, uh, James Conner at this point. So, you know, Vance, Dar- Vance McDonald's going to get lost in this offense real quickly. Yeah. It's tough to tell people to drop any tight end with how thin the position is, but, I mean, at this point, Vance McDonald, there's got to be better options. Take a flyer at somebody that might be out there, you know that could could help your team more than McDonald has been. Someone with more ups has some kind of upside to him. Right. right. So but enough of this negative talk. Let's get into some more positive things. People were still hoping for, praying for maybe praying for a miracle. I don't know. And the first one on my list here is Le'Veon Bell. He's currently ranked running back twenty five. You probably picked him in the first round of your drafts and you're really like, what am I doing with Le'Veon Bell right now? He's got a sad 2.9 yards per carry. Why would I not want to get rid of him? Well, the big thing is Sam Donald 
hasn't played since week one. Sam Donald's back now after four weeks off, five weeks, four weeks off at this point now. And the one game they played together, he actually scored 20 fantasy points in that game against a pretty tough Bills defense, I would have to say. And the fact that he really hasn't played horrible over the last four weeks, he hasn't done great, though, as what we won in the fantasy star. But, you know, when you play with a third string quarterback, you know, how much can you really do on your fa- on your team? People are going to know that we're going to hold Le'Veon Bell to points because no one else is going to do anything on this team. Well, the fact that I think Donald's back, I think they think I think they, the Jets get back on track on the offensive side. They become more of an offensive, not force, but they just get better on the offense. Sam Donald can open this, up this team in the passing game, allows Le'Veon Bell to do Le'Veon Bell-like things, and just get the job done. And the best part is that they have the easiest schedule remaining for running backs this year, and that's what I want to see him really do good. And I expect a really strong middle to second half of the season for Le'Veon Bell this year. And the one thing that he still actually does really well is he actually averages seven receptions a game so far this season. He's got like 36 receptions on the year this so far, and it's only weeks five. He's going to probably will get over 100 yards, 100 receptions by the end of the season. So don't give up on Le'Veon Bell. Honestly, if you're looking to make some trades in your league, Le'Veon Bell would be a great uh, buy-low candidate right now. So don't give up on Bell, guys. He's going to be okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially in PPR leagues, he's definitely a huge asset. Like you said, all those receptions he's he's bringing in every game. Definitely a PPR asset you don't want to get rid of right now. I think better days are ahead for Le'Veon Bell and the Jets. I really hope so because I, I think Bell could have a real strong second half. So, but Cody, what about you? Who is your guy you got to keep on hold on to? Uh, the first guy I have here is Christian Kirk, uh, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, when I was picking these guys out, I kind of went through and on ESPN and looked at who's been dropped in a few leagues here that, uh, you know, maybe shouldn't have been, and he was actually trending down, dropped. Uh, in like 7% of leagues. So I think a lot of it has to do with the ankle injury he's nursing right now. Um, He missed last week. He's been limited at practice this week. They're expecting him to probably miss at least one or two more weeks, but look at what he's done when he's on the field. I mean, him and Larry Fitzgerald have eaten up a ton of targets in the Arizona passing game. And, and Kyler Murray has been, Fantastic. I mean, as far as passing yards go, uh, he's got to work on the touchdowns a little bit. But um, Christian Kirk has seen double-digit targets in two of the four games that he played. He's averaging 13.4 PPR points per game. If you got room on your bench, you know, hang on to him. I, I think that when he comes back healthy, he's definitely going to have an impact on the Cardinals offense, and you'll be able to play him at least as a flex in some weeks, maybe even if you have to wide receiver two and get away with it. Definitely. This this air raid offense is, is just great for the wide receivers. They're going to pass the ball so much. They're going to be down in a lot of games, so they're going to have to pass the ball a lot. Oh, yeah. And like you said, once he's healthy, he should be, should be good to go to have some very productive games later this year. But we'll go over to my next one, and... And my next one is is Tyler Boyd. And you would think, well, cool, Steve, Tyler Boyd isn't really having a bad season at all. Well, he's not having a bad season. He's actually having a re- pretty decent season for the most part. He's kind of picking up where he what, left off last year in his breakout season. But the thing is, I've been getting a lot of questions about A.J. Green coming back and what does that do to uh, Tyler Boyd's value? Does it does it hurt it? 
Should we stop selling Tyler Boyd now while he's hot and try to get something good for him? And to be honest, no, because Tyler Boyd's been doing great this season. He's got like 35 receptions on the year already, and it's like double what anyone else has. And because he plays a slot role, he's going to stay in that position. He's not like he's on the outside and A.J. Green comes back and he's going to have to slide to a different side of the field. No, he's staying in the slot most most cases. And it just helps him. A.J. Green's going to see the number one DBs most games at that point when he comes back. A.J. Green's just a, a great talent. He's going to take those double coverages onto him. And Tyler Boyd's going to just have one-on-one coverages all over the field and just do amazing. The division the, the that they're in gives up a lot of passing yards. So you shouldn't have to worry about that at all. And, you know, he averages over seven receptions a game. He's got, like, a good rest of schedule for a wide receiver. And last year, when A.J. Green was playing with him, the two played together, he was a top 15 receiver. And the moment that A.J. Green went down for the, for the, end, of the uh, end of the season, he was a 36 receiver in the league at that point. So if anything, he might be – I think he's surrounded right now wide receiver 23 – I expect him to be a top 20 receiver with A.J. Green back on the field. And having this guy on your team is just going to benefit him. So please don't think that this is the time to sell him or anything like that. Don't don't give up on his great season he's having because he's going to keep producing this way for the rest of the season. This isn't a fluke or anything, guys. He's going to continue to impress. Yeah, he's definitely better last year with A.J. Green on the field. And the Bengals are another one of those offenses that are going to be throwing the ball a lot because they're going to be down and playing from behind. So uh, Tyler Boyd, definitely a guy that you don't want to get rid of at this point. Definitely, definitely not. And what about you, Cody? Who, who's your next guy? Who's your next kind of list? Uh, my second guy I have here is Rashad Penny uh, for the Seahawks. Currently owned in 56% of ESPN leagues. Um He's working on coming back from a hamstring injury. He missed one week. He was a little more limited than previously. Uh, last week, he only had like six carries. Um, I think when he gets maybe fully healthy, fully back into the the uh, the pecking order of the offense, I think he might get upwards of 10, maybe 10 to 12 touches per game. But the reason that you really want to hold on to this guy is what if something happens to Chris Carson? Rashad Penny is one of the best handcuffs that you can have uh, in the league right now. And if anything were to happen to Chris Carson, maybe he gets hurt. Maybe, uh, you know, he could end up fumbling the ball again, you know, get get start dropping the ball um, and he could get benched. And, you know, if, if something like that would happen, it's definitely imperative for you to have Rashad Penny on your team. He he's a plug and play you know, start every week if if something were to happen to Chris Carson. So I'm not getting rid of Rashad Penny. I'm having patience. I'm holding him on my bench. Maybe I'm trying to trade him to the Chris Carson owner in uh, my league. Um, you know, I he, he has value. Don't drop him is pretty much what I'm getting at. So, yeah, no, definitely. He's definitely one of the better handcuffs in the league. You, you know, he might have been kind of lost over the last couple of weeks due to injury, but I think he has the talent to produce and you never know Chris Carson though he's basically the number one running back at this point he has fumbling issues he has health concern issues so at any moment you know the coaching staff could just be like well you fumble too much we're going to go with Penny more Chris Carson just get hurt and Penny is starting a starting running back at that point so don't give up on him too much I, I completely agree with that Cody 
But let's get into our next segment. Our next segment is going to be about the backup running backs that are in the league right now. This past week alone, if you guys have been listening to the news or you know, listening to the podcast or anything in just general, like you hear about Todd Gurley has a quad injury now. Uh, after the last couple of weeks now, he has a quad injury. Christian McCaffrey had a little back injury, missed, missed the practice this week. David Johnson, back injury as well, limited practice this week. There's a chance that all through, I think Christian McCaffrey's almost good to play, but the other two, Todd Gurley and David Johnson, there's a possibility they don't play this week. So we were going to kind of go over a little game here and rank the backups of these teams. So the backups of all three of these players here are, we'll start with Malcolm Brown, and I'll, I'll throw Darrell Henderson in there too, of the Rams versus the 49ers. Uh, Reggie Bonifil, the backup to Christian McCaffrey versus the uh, Buccaneers this week. And Chase Edmonds, the backup for the Cardinals versus the Falcons. So, Cody, I'll let you go first. How would you rank these three backups? Well, the way I looked at it, um, I just kind of ranked them as far as if these three guys miss this week, what order would I be playing them in my lineup this week? Um, so, I mean, based on this, looking at the matchups, nobody's got a really particularly great matchup, but I'm going to rank Chase Edmonds number one. Um, he's been getting the most work out of all three of these guys. Uh, he scored a rushing touchdown last week, uh, eight carries, 68 yards and a score. Um, he's been getting more and more touches every week when David Johnson's been healthy. So they want him in that offense. Um, he also has pass catching ability. Uh, he's got, you know, like I said, he's playing a limited amount, but six catches for 43 yards on the season. And he's facing the softest defense, and I use softest liberally here. <laughs> uh, the The Falcons this week, they're the ninth best run defense in the league, but compared to what the Panthers and Rams are going to be up against, I think Edmonds... Should all these, all three of these guys play Edmonds is my number one. Uh, my number two, I have Reggie Bonifin from the Panthers. Um, McCaffrey went down last week for a uh, drive or two late in the game. Bonifin went uh, five carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown. I guess he ripped off a pretty long touchdown run. Um, but he's got a really tough matchup in Tampa Bay this week. And Christian McCaffrey's only bad game of the year this year has been against Tampa Bay. If you remember back to week two, McCaffrey 16 carries for 37 yards and only two catches for 16 yards against Tampa Bay. So I'm a little hesitant to throw Reggie into my lineup this week. If I, if it would come to that, however, it does sound like McCaffrey's going to play. So you, you don't really have to worry about it, but um, I, I don't know that I would, I would really trust him this week. And then I've got Malcolm Brown, at three, obviously he's a fine fill-in if Gurley are to miss time. Um, it, it, you just have to look back to week one to, to find that. You know, the, the 11 carries, 53 yards, two touchdowns in the first game of the year kind of vultured those touchdowns away from Gurley. Um, but like I said, another tough defense, the number two rush defense in San Francisco. Um, and I kind of look, the reason I have him at the bottom is I look at the way the Rams move the football. And it's been through the air primarily the last two games. Uh, the last two weeks, Jared Goff, 912 passing yards in just two weeks. It's That's ridiculous numbers. So uh, that could result in a little bit of a light workload for Malcolm Brown. 
Um, especially in a game that I'm sure is going to be close with San Francisco. You know, we got two great NFC West teams going against each other. So it, it things maybe not quite uh, in Malcolm Brown's favor. Would he were he to play this week? No, uh, definitely. I think we both have the same number one guy. I'd go with Chase Edmonds as well. Again, the Falcons have a, like you said, a pretty decent uh, run defense, but they're going to be passing over the field, and Chase Edmonds can catch the ball out of the backfield easily. He can go on short routes. He can do end arounds, things like that. I think Chase Edmonds would be my my pickup. He has that same kind of ability David Johnson does, so I don't think they're skip a beat, though David Johnson's a more proficient type of talent, but Chase Edmonds has the ability to really go off, and I would be... I would start him this week out of the three of them if I if I had to pick someone to play. Um, and second, I would still go with Malcolm Brown against the Rams. You know, they're going to need to run the ball still because Jared Goff can't just throw the ball the whole time. They're going to need to run the ball if they want to be somewhat successful. Yes, granted, the 49ers have a real tough uh, run defense. But, you know, Nick Chubb was able to get like 90 yards on them last week. So I think Malcolm Brown could do somewhat similar. The one sneaky player I would want to say is Darrell Henderson, as they mentioned before. You know, the coaches uh, said that McShawn McVay said that he wants to get Darrell Henderson going on the offense this week. So that could have been a sneaky play if, if that comes about. So and then for me, last would be uh, Reggie Bonifil. The Bucks actually have a really good run defense. And, you know, even though Christian McCaffrey played them earlier this year, I think he got a little banged up in that game. They still won't. He still wasn't able to produce that great in fantasy. And they talked about the coach, Nor Turner, talked not the, uh, the offensive corner, Nor Turner talked about how Bonifield has improved so much this year and I just think that that would be great for him and they do run a they do run a one running back system over there but I, I think this Panthers uh this Bucks off uh, defense I meant would uh, would really stop them and force them to throw the ball more with Kyle Allen and getting those receivers more involved so yeah yeah Buccaneers uh pass defense has been non-existent but their run defense has been really good so yeah, I would expect Jameis, or sorry, I would expect uh, Kyle Allen to to really take advantage of the Bucks defense. Definitely. Just real quick, um, you don't have to explain into detail, but if all three of these guys out for the year, which one of these threes would you want for the rest of the season? Rest of the season, I think it's still Chase Edmonds. Uh, like you said, uh, he's a pass-catching back. Um, he's been getting touches in the first-team offense already this year. I think I would definitely trust Chase Edmonds the most going forward. I'd probably go Malcolm Brown. I mean, Todd Gurley has been doesn't get that he hasn't been he hasn't got a lot of opportunity, but he's been very efficient with his opportunity. And I feel like Malcolm Brown could have that same kind of efficiency. Might not be a lot of work, but he could just get the ball enough times to to put up enough fantasy points to kind of make you happy each and every week. So yeah, definitely. I I mean, I I don't think uh, Malcolm Brown would be a huge downgrade from what Gurley has been doing this year if he were to come in. So, yeah, I, I don't think Malcolm Brown would be a terrible uh, fit there. Definitely not. Both, all three would probably be decent choices, obviously, because who, who doesn't love a starting running back of a football team? So Yeah, for sure. Exactly. So let's get into our final segment of the day. Start, sit, cut. We have some pretty hard ones here because we're kind of going with all kind of star-like players. First one we did were the wide receivers. First three here are Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, or Michael Thomas. Cody, you go first. Yeah, uh, definitely a disclaimer here. Don't cut any of these guys. Uh, 
you know, this is just a, a game that we're we're trying to to play here. So uh, definitely do not cut any of these guys. All three of these receivers, actually, if you looked at my rankings on WeKnowFantasy.com, all three are in my top six this week. So this was incredibly difficult for me to kind of put something together. But um, my number one, or I guess my start, is Michael Thomas. And he's actually my number one ranked receiver this week. Um, he's facing the number 20 defense, pass defense, and you look at what he was able to do last week, 11 catches, 182 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he's had double digit targets in three of five games. Teddy Bridgewater last week starting to look really good. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's obviously Bridgewater's number one target and, um, he, he has seven targets and five catches in every game so far this year. So it's a real nice floor to have, especially if you're playing in PPR league. Um, and, you know, Bridgewater has been getting the job done. He's 3-0 as the starter. He's finding Michael Thomas. He's using, uh, mixing things up with the run game. Alvin Kamara's had a couple good games. Um, so I, I think uh, Bridgewater's finally starting to get a little more comfortable there as a starter, and, and Michael Thomas is definitely going to uh, take advantage of that. Um, my sit, I have Chris Godwin. Um, he's the current wide receiver one, my wide receiver three this week, and he's coming off of two huge back-to-back games, uh, 12 for 172 and two touchdowns against the Rams, seven for 125 and two touchdowns against New Orleans. Uh, the guy's averaging over that span, uh, nine and a half catches for 183 yards and on 11 and a half targets per game. So just absolutely ridiculous right now. Uh, numbers that you're getting out of Chris Godwin. If you go back to week two, he, uh, his stat line against Carolina, which is who they play this week, eight catches, 121 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, he's, He's going to go off again. I, I just have a great feeling about Godwin this week. Um, I mean, especially he looks to be, have become uh, Jameis's number one target over Mike Evans. You know, Mike Evans kind of with a stinker last week, then uh, no catches on two targets. Um, Godwin has been getting open, getting the ball, and, and Jameis has been playing well lately. So, <laughs> unfortunately, I had to put him as a sit, <laughs> but... Uh, he, he should put up good numbers. And then uh, my cut that I have this week, once again, don't cut this guy, is Cooper Cup. Um, he's my wide receiver six on the week. He saw an unbelievable 17 targets last week. He's got no less than nine targets in a game this season. He's scored in three straight games, gone over 100 yards in four straight games. And the only reason I have him down here is that he's facing the toughest pass defense of all three of these guys. You know, San Francisco has been tough this year. Um, but if if you're getting nine targets a game, you're going to put up numbers. So I can't say anything bad about any of these guys, really. Um, yeah, you, you really can at all. And I'll go quickly go over mine. We actually have a real difference on this. Cooper Cup's actually my start this week. You know, we talked about how the 49ers defense is really good. But the one thing they do struggle at, at is the slot, the slot position. You know, they let Tyler Boyd, Juju Smith-Schuster all do very well in the slot role. And Cooper Cup thrives in the slot role. And him and Goff have a great connection. So I would I would choose Cooper Cup as my start. As my sit, 
I would probably go with Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is just a beast in general and just just soaks up targets and receptions each and every week. Especially, you know, he has a connection with Teddy and then, you know, Drew Brees is coming back soon. So, uh, you know, Michael Thomas has come, become, you know, quarterback proof basically at this point. And then Chris Godwin, it's really not bad to say about Chris Godwin, but there all will be times when Mike Evans is the number one receiver and just dominates. And you have to also worry about Jameis Winston's ability to actually get the job done every week. There's going to be weeks where he does nothing and throws three picks. So that's the only reason why Godwin would be a sit for me, just do his quarterback per se. Yeah, yeah, definitely makes sense. Uh, Jameis, you can't trust that guy every week. So yeah, there, there are going to be weeks where he doesn't play well and, and – it affects Evans and Godwin. Absolutely. But let's get quickly into our next one here. Next one is Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, and Mark Ingram. Yeah, I have uh, Mark Ingram at one. He's uh, facing the softest run defense in the league this week. Um, he's receiving a bulk of the carries in the Baltimore backfield, 65% um, compared to 26% from Gus Edwards. Uh, and he's got six rushing touchdowns in five games. So I have him as my start. Uh, my sit is Derrick Henry. He's got a rushing touchdown in uh, all but one week already this year. And if you go back to his last 10 games, he's actually got 12 rushing touchdowns. So uh, he's been fine in the end zone quite frequently the last 10 games. Um, no less than 15 carries in game this season. So you're getting that um, you're getting the work share. You're getting, you know, you're getting carries out of him. He's going to produce on these carries. Um, and he's playing Jacksonville this week, who has allowed over 100, or over 200 rush yards earlier this year to the Broncos. And you look at what happened last week uh, to the Jacksonville defense. And Austin Eckler had double-digit receptions out of the backfield. So um, Derrick Henry may put up some nice numbers this week. I have him as my sit. And then my cut, I have Leonard Fournette. Uh, currently third in the league in scrimmage yards per game. He's had 20-plus touches over the last uh, two games. And, I mean, just the sheer value or sheer volume that he's getting uh, makes him an, an RB1 going forward. And uh, I also wanted to say, too, I looked at, at these running backs in my rankings, and all these are in the top 12 for me this week. So, once again, uh, don't cut any of these guys <laughs> um, that and, and start them all. They're all have potential to put up running back one numbers this week. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go quickly go over mine. Uh, Mark Ingram would be my start. The Bengals have a horrible run defense. They let David Johnson go for 90 yards last week, and David Johnson hasn't done that most of the season this year. So Mark Ingram, they're going to run the ball very well against this uh, Bengals defense. Leonard Fournette would be my sit. I still like Leonard Fournette, and you know he's a focal point of this offense still, and he's actually been doing very well in the passing game actually this year. I think he has like somewhere over already 20 receptions on the year already. I think 26 on the season already. So he's he's going to be my sit, although I still love him this week. And then Derrick Henry will be my cut. I've never been a big fan of Derrick Henry. He just happens to be able to get touchdowns every week and kind of save his week. And even though the Denver defense isn't that great against the run, if they find a way to stop him, they're not. it's not like the offense in the passing game is going to thrive or anything like that. So if it's he gets stuck, shut down, he gets shut down. But... Let's get over to a quickly to our last one here is Austin Hooper, Will Disley, and Mark Andrews. Let's see if we just maybe name these ones this time around. Okay. Yeah, I got uh, Austin Hooper as my start. I got Will Disley as my sit, and I have Mark Andrews as my cut. Uh, honestly, I couldn't agree more with you on that. I have him as Hooper as my start. 
uh, Disley as my sit, and Mark Ingram is my cut on that. So uh, that is our uh, final segment of the day. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing this. Just a quick recap here. You know, we talked about our players we're kind of giving up on, players we're holding on to, not giving up on yet. We talked about the backup situation with the injured of the, the injury of the running back stars right now and who we would want for week six. And then we did our regular start, start, sit, cut segment of the show. So uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Please, uh, please go visit the website at weknowfantasy.com for all of our great content that me and Cody and everyone else puts out there for everyone to view. You know, and please, you know, check in on Mondays while Nate does our waiver wire wishlist podcast. And every Wednesday, you know, Nate and the Fantasy Fro get together and talk about the week that was and the week that's coming and all in between, guys. Uh, we really hope you enjoy this because we do enjoy doing this contributors podcast. So uh, thank you, guys. And you guys have a great night now. And hopefully you do good on your Thursday night players. Yeah, good luck out there, guys. And uh, maybe see you next week. Absolutely. Take care. <laughs>